0: Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter ten, verses sixteen and seventeen. It says the labor of the righteous tendeth to life, the fruit of the wicked to sin. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. Wow, that's that's yeah. That's King James, ain't it? A lot of But we'll, we'll look at some uh, a few more modern translations. We're gonna get it, amen? amen? Lord, we thank you for this time together. We honor your presence, oh God, and I thank you, Father God, that even as the word goes forth, I'm asking you to take a seat. Don't leave. <laughs> we value your presence. We can do nothing without your presence, God. I'm just up here as a bag of wind. If you're not here, breathing through me and speaking through me so I ask God hallelujah for utterance in this house I thank you father God that as I open my mouth you'll speak thank you that your people will be encouraged and charged father God oh they'll renew their commitment to serving you with all of their heart and all their soul and all their strength God I yield myself as a willing vessel and I ask you to be honored and be glorified in Jesus name amen amen Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah Media, if you'll help me and put that same, those same two verses up in the CEV. The Contemporary English Version says it this way. It says, if you live right, the reward is a good life. If you are evil, all you have is sin. Accept correction and you will find life. Reject correction, and you will miss the road. So today we're talking about receiving instruction, and I was very uh, intentional about using the word instruction, even though you'll find out that instruction has another word, uh, another uh, meaning. In the King James in the Old Testament, instruction means correction. But I've come to learn that correction is a dirty word. It's right there next to submission. That the moment you title something correction on YouTube, people skip right past it. I'm not trying to hear that. But I've, I felt like instruction was a bit more palatable, all right? But I'm letting you in on, from the jump. We're talking about correction, all right? So the CEV said if you live right, the reward is a good life. If you are evil, all you have is sin. It says, accept correction, and you will find life. Reject correction, and you'll miss the road. Let's go to uh, that same two uh, two verses in the Passion Translation. It says it this way. The lovers of God earn their wages for a life of righteousness, but the wages of the wicked are squandered on a life of sin. If you readily receive correction, you are walking on the path to life. But if you reject rebuke, you're guaranteed to go astray. You're guaranteed to go astray if you reject rebuke, or if you readily receive correction, you're walking on the path to life. You've chosen the good path. You know, at our house, Pastor and I, we get a lot of time to talk, a lot of time to talk. We spend a lot of time talking. And we're always assessing whether or not we're on the right path. Daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. You know, when we go away for our anniversary, you know, it ain't all that exciting. Y'all probably wouldn't want to go with us. (laughs) Because there is no plan. But every year we've made a point to assess where we are, to assess if we are on the right path, are we meeting the goals, are we getting there, are we making it, is this thing working? And I'm coming to tell you today that it is working. I've I've tried it over and over again. I've tried other methods. I've mastered other methods. I am here to tell you today that what the world is selling us will not work. Now, it may work temporarily, and it may work in certain areas, but when we talk about uh, coming into the house of God and receiving a word from God or receiving instruction we're talking about receiving something that is guaranteed to work for everybody. Now I'm raised Baptist if you don't know I, I, I mean from birth till i married a good Baptist girl I mean Baptist convention going Baptist girl junior women attending Baptist girl Raised, didn't know anything else so when my eyes were open to actually reading the Bible for myself and taking the Bible for what it actually said and not what the doctrine said and not what they said but actually reading what God said I found out that this is the truth and this truth Works for anybody. So when I, when, you know, people say, oh, she changed. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. When I look back over my previous walk with God, which wasn't a bad walk, it, it'll keep you in a certain path, but you never ever really, yeah, there was no victory. It was, there was no, nothing about my life that stood out. You know, I was very obedient. What they told me to do, I did, to the best of my uh, non spirit field ability. Just stay with me. And I found that I kept coming short. So now people look at me and say, how in the world are you all making it because you have abandoned everything we taught you? And in that abandoning everything we taught you, we've been watching, waiting for you to fail. But we're finding that you're not failing, that you keep increasing, and you keep going up. But I'm watching the thing. Come on, man. Come on, man. And so as we get into these different dialogues, I don't have them much anymore, because people have figured out, you're not going to change my mind. So they really just leave me alone. But I know they have questions, because the questions come through other people. You know, and they come through, through, you know, certain comments, well, why are you asking me that? I've not talked to you in years. But, you know, you're one of the people in Walmart. And then I say, oh, okay, I know who you've been talking to. But that's neither here nor there. And I always send back this same response. If what I'm doing is wrong, then tell me how what you're doing is right. Well, you know, you know, what, what, well, we don't understand what you mean. Well, they always have a problem with prosperity. It, I mean, they don't care that you're healthy. They don't care that your children are behaving right. They don't care that your marriage is going well. They want to know why you talk about money. But can I tell you something? Today I'm not going to talk about money. I'm going to talk about what this word will produce in our lives if we let it. So I always go back and I ask people, you've got such a problem with this kind of word, tell me what the single mama does with 11 head of children in your system. Come on, in, come on, In what you're teaching, what does she do? She doesn't have anybody to send her to college. She doesn't have a trust fund. She doesn't have anything but children. What does she do when she can't go and get another, de- another degree to, to bring herself up? And then when she did listen to you all and went and got another degree or went and got a degree, now, now there's this debt that she cannot pay. But you told her that if she would just go to school, everything would be all right. Now anybody be honest with me, you went to school And everything just didn't turn out all right. It did not do what they said it was going to do. It didn't do it. So then they told me, they said, well, Kim, if you want to prosper, here's what you have to do, you know, you have to, you know, make sure that when you get your little job, you put, you know, a certain amount of money in your 401k, and see, you put that money in your 401k, and your company gives you this matching, you're going to be just fine. Till 2008 hit. Anybody figure out that your 401k and your 403b just ain't quite enough? It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, you know, because here's what tends to happen. You tend to outlive the 401k and the 403. You just tend to live a little, now it would work if we all chose to check out at 73. You might have some change left. But people have, in this American culture, have found out they're outliving their pension. They're outliving their 401K and 403B, and then they're stuck trying to figure out, how do I make it? I'm telling you, today, you're going to make it if you receive this instruction. If you receive this word, you are going to make it. What we are teaching at Exceeding Grace Christian Center levels the playing field. It makes makes the life that we all want to have accessible and possible for everybody. Regardless of race, regardless of gender, regardless of creed, regardless of what you had and what you didn't have, regardless of where you went and where you shouldn't have gone, it works for everybody. Why? Because it's the Word of God. So then I have to ask this question. If you're saying it works for everybody, excuse the redundancy, Jonathan, then why isn't it working for everybody? If it really works for everybody, then why isn't it working for everybody? And I'm going to tell you today why it's not working for everybody. This is the year of abundant manifestation. Yes. Pastor already told us if we go ahead and hit critical mass, and he said most of us have hit critical mass, we'll hit that tipping point and everything will shh, turn around, turn over. Be, well, why isn't that? Well, Pastor, when is it supposed to tell don't get, y'all, why are y'all so serious? Because <laughs> I'm being serious, okay. I'm going to lighten up. <laughs> well, why isn't it working? Why is it that, that I've, I've been saying debt-free for this number of years, and it hasn't happened, and, and, and if I stop and tell the truth and look at it, it's increasing? I've been confessing that I'm feeling better, but I'm not really feeling better, but I'm telling everybody I'm feeling better, but I don't really feel better. I come to church, and I say I'm excited, and I say I love this, and I say I'm going to do this. But when I get home, I'm not quite so excited, and I'm not quite so thrilled. And when I sit down by myself on the side of the bed, I'm questioning whether or not this real... So if it works for everybody, why is it not working for everybody? I'm going to tell you why. It's, It's... Our position when we come into the house is a lot of times in the body of Christ and what can happen in a church like this one is that we can make the mistake of coming to church like we're in a game show audience and I'm sitting and I'm waiting for my name to be called and I'm waiting for today to be my day. It's kind of like, you know, if you're on the on what is that show that comes on at 10 not price is right. Let's make a deal. And you're just hoping that he calls out your little dumb costume because the day is going to be the day that you win $500. If I could just just call my name You know, I'm coming in here on Sunday, and I'm coming in here on Wednesday. Lord, will it be today that you call my name? Is it like the price is right when you come in here? Come on down, Tamra. Today, you got a chance to play Plinko, and hopefully as that disc falls, you're going to win 25. That's not how church works. That's not how this works. God is not pulling names out of a hat. Deciding who gets to get blessed and who, who gets to play the game and who doesn't get to play the game. No, we are all in on it. We're all in. But it's when we come in and a word goes forth, we've got to ask ourselves, how am I hearing? In Luke 8 18, Christ said this to the He said, be careful. how you hear how you're hearing we can't come in and our hearing not be right we've got to ask ourselves when I come in here and the word goes forth what am I going to do with it do I take the word and do what the word tells me to do? Or do I hear the word, get excited about the word, and then let the word go? James calls that a forgetful hearer. Look at that. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 25. We gotta take heed. We're working on our hearing this morning. Because you're coming, you're sowing. You're tithing, you're confessing, you're taking good notes. You know what I'm saying? But why is this not yet kicking off for me? We got to adjust how we're hearing. It says, but those who look into the perfect law of liberty and continue in it, and continue in it, he being not a forgetful hearer, but what? A doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Can you put that up for me in the Message Bible? Hallelujah. Look at this. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God. So every time a word goes forth, it's the revealed Counsel of God, whoever catches a glimpse of it, they receive the free life. Even out, if you catch it even out of the corner of your eye and sticks with it, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of, say it again, say it again, Action. action, that person will, not might, that person will find delight and affirmation. You'll walk out knowing that you are on the right path and it's working. But it requires you to do something. It requires you to take some action on what you're hearing. So when we come to church, we've got to understand every time a word goes forth, it's correction. And I've got to make sure that when I'm hearing this word, I am receiving the correction that okay, y'all got y'all to wake up on me. Remember the last time I was before you, we talked about it all starts with a thought. And that last point we got to said something like this. You have to force yourself. Remember that one? To stay in the presence of those people who challenge you. Why do you have to force yourself to stay in the presence of people who challenge you? Number one, because your soul can't stand it. And number two, that person who typically is always challenging you is the person who always has something to say. Dog, she always got something to say. Dog, pastor always got something to say. You you know, challenging people actually challenge you. Now here's, you know, you go into a classroom and all the kids are making A's, And and everybody is smiling and everybody's dancing and everybody comes out skipping, you know, skipping and they love it. There's a problem with the teacher. There's a real problem. Why is there a real problem? That means that the students are not being challenged. They're not going home with this, oh my goodness, I didn't get that, I now got to apply some pressure to make sure that when I go back the next day, I'm not behind. Well, the same thing has to happen here in church. Every time the man and woman of God preaches, whoever it is, they are speaking words, but we've gotta make sure that when we hear those words, we're receiving them properly. Whenever a word comes forth, it comes forth as correction. Every word. Well, pastor's just teaching on X, Y. It's correction. Why is it correction? Because every time the counsel of God goes forth, a word goes forth, it's challenging your already established thought life. It's running up against what you already believe about everything. See, when the word comes forth on tithing, Every person who comes into a church who's ever heard the term has already made a, a judgment on whether they will or whether they won't. Or what it is or what it's not. Or whether it'll benefit them or if it won't. So every time a word comes forth on tithing, one or two things happen. Either you receive it and say amen. It's time to tithe. Or you hear it and say "Hmm." and the moment you walk out the door you forget that you were ever challenged in the arena of tithing why because every word that comes forth every time you read it in proverbs every month and it says instructions coming it's really the word correction put that up for me please the hebrew word for instruction he that keeps the instruction will find himself on the path of life it's the hebrew word masar it means discipline Chastening, correction. So every time a word comes forth, we're being corrected. We're being chastened. chastened simply means we're being bought under control. It's trying to teach us when the word of God comes forth how to live a disciplined life, how to how to take all of those passions, all of those loves, all of those desires, and pull them in into a place that will keep me on the right path. Because in and of ourselves. We don't have any control. We are up today, down tomorrow, running with the mighty burning fire. One day, the next day, don't even know if Jesus loves us. But if we would hear these words, and now not hear the words as just words, but hear the words as my personal action plan. So every time, I mean every time, a word goes forth, I've gotta see it as, God giving me some sort of action. There is something that I either have to start doing or stop doing. There's something I have to take away or something I have to add. Why? Because God is trying to get us on the path that leads to life. Not a path that we've chosen. The path that he knows will work. Amen? Now let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. And let's look at them in the Passion Translation. Every time you come to church, you ought to come in with the mindset of what I'm going to hear, I'm going to do it. That's what changed in our lives. Whatever we heard, we didn't have to understand it. It didn't have to make sense. But if God said it, they can show it to me in the Word, I'm changing it Not next week, not tomorrow. I'm not going to have five conversations about how, ooh, that word was. But the moment I hear it, the moment pastor hears it, we're going, Okay. Okay, let's help. How many steps were there in how to become rich? There were 12 steps. So that means that I had to have established for myself off of that message. 12 action plans. There are 12 things that I need to do. I need to stop saying this. I need to start saying. Well, maybe 24. Because there's something I need to stop, and then there's something I need to start doing. Now, it may be less if you've already been, if you've already been convinced that it's God's will for you to be rich, then you don't have much action on that. All you're doing is reaffirming what you already believe. But man, I found out I found out that there's a place where you can get hung up. And you don't know it until you're challenged in that area. Now, if I haven't developed an action plan, the challenge comes, and I'm gonna show you in a little bit what it does to me. It offends me and I leave the path. And so not only do I abandon point number five, I now abandon 6 through 12, and and I wish it would just stop there. I find myself now questioning 1 through 4. See, that's why, you know, you look up and, like, where is so-and-so? And what happened to so-and-so? And... Man, they were so excited and now they, well, they got to point number five and point number five challenged them so they forgot about six through 12 but over a span of time, they abandoned one through four. So now, people who were yeah, 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 will God? Is this really his truth? We've gotta receive instruction. We've got to receive it every time God speaks. Instructions coming. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 12. It says, Your progress will have no limits. Say, No limits. 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 Say, My progress progress will have no limits limits limits. if I go along with God. God. No limits. No limits. Right. We say the sky's the limit. This verse is telling us no limits. No limits. How many limits did did Solomon have on his life? How many limits did Jesus have on his life? I mean, think about Solomon. How sick was Solomon? How poor was Solomon? Never My goodness, no limits. You know, they they still tell us that the wealth of Solomon still can't be matched. That as much as we say Bill Gates has, as much as Carlos Slim has, it doesn't match what Solomon had. There are no limits, but Solomon made a declaration. Man, he made God his first priority. He went along with God's plan. Now we know he deviated. And, of course, when he deviated, what happened? He started questioning everything, hence the book of Ecclesiastes. It happens to the best of us. If you don't allow this correction to come in, this instruction to come in, and to do what it's designed to do, remember, the word of God is sharp as a what? Two-edged sword dividing asunder what? Even soul from spirit. Yes, the the Word can get in there and do surgery like no laser can do. But I've got to receive it. I've got to come to church with a mindset, Pastor might make me mad today, and I'm going to like it. I'm going to get in the presence of Pastor Kim, Where my progress will have no limits Look at this And you will never stumble You see these definitive terms You will never stumble As you walk along the way Verse 13 So 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 receive my correction No matter how hard it is to swallow Receive it Receive it Receive it. Receive it. it. Why can you receive it? Because it's his correction. It's his correction. See, we receive instruction and correction from the craziest sources, and we'll pay for it and we'll adhere to it to the letter. With all of this six to six chapters of instruction and correction that will give you a blessed, wonderful, beautiful, endless, boundless, prosperous, flourishing, green, verdant, whatever you want to call it, life. We have no time for this. I said we have no time for this. This is the most boring piece of whatever you could pick up ever. But we'll sit up and take all sorts of advice from some 23-year-old who's been airbrushed a thousand times on Instagram to tell us how to raise our children. Baby, when you raise more than one, call me. And when you get that one past the cradle, then you can really talk to me. But we'll sit up all night long till our thumbs are getting ready to fall off looking for wisdom, instruction, correction. What am I doing wrong? 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 What am I, what am I, what, what? No, Pastor Kim, no, yes you are, you're looking for what is it that I'm doing wrong because I don't look like she looks, I don't have what they have, I can't drive what they, but if we would get in this book, if we would receive his correction, your life will have no, No limits. No limits. And you will never. And and We shouldn't read it like we will sometimes stumble. No, we will never stumble. Because we receive his correction. What can Damon Johns tell us? Is he saved? No indication at all. But we'll give him how many thousands? Robert Kiyosaki, how many millions has he been given for his instruction and his correction? We'll go and open up every bank account, every tax return, every piece of financial document we have to some man wearing a short-sleeved shirt and a necktie i.e. a used car salesman, we'll open up our everything to him. Ah, we will open up our our everything to him. Dog gets quiet. Dog. But I'll never come to the man of God and say, look at this right here, Pastor. What am I doing wrong? This is my checkbook. What look at this, what? Pastor, this is how much I made last year. This is how much I have in savings. What am I doing wrong? But the little sweatish man with the short sleeve shirt on and a necktie with no jacket. The little mortgage broker. We'll tell how much we think our parents gonna leave us if we think it's gonna get us into more house. Because we want them to look at this and instruct us on how I can. But he said, so receive my correction no matter how hard it is. It's hard to hear, I heard it. Man, pastor preached on the blood to break cycles. The church erupted. It went wild. Oh, my goodness. You could hear chairs sliding. Right? And then he got to the vow. And I couldn't hear his tie moving next to the dog on microphone. I'm like, ain't nobody got nothing to say. Because the vow was a hard thing to hear. Because 90% of Christians love money. I'll go as far as to say 90% of us in here still have such a love for money that if you say so, vow, tithe, give, offering, not so, Lord. Not so. Not so. Not so. But my goodness, if DSW send you a $15 off coupon, You'll leave work. I said you'll leave work. No matter how hard it is to swallow, why? Look at this. For wisdom will snap you back into place. Her words will be invigorating life to you. Verse fourteen. Do not deter into darkness, or even set foot on that path. How do you get on that path? Go back to Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 17. How do you get on a path of darkness? He who's in the way of life keepeth instruction, but he that refuses reproof errs, or you get off onto the wrong path. Put that up in the CEV so they'll see that word Road, You'll see you get onto the wrong path when we refuse to listen to instruction. 17 in the CEV. Look at this. Accept correction, and you will find life. Reject correction, and you will miss the road. You'll end up on a path that's not a path of life. It's a path of darkness. It's a path where you'll stumble. It's a path where you'll lose. It's a path where you'll always come up short, all right? So, hey, what do we got to do? When we come into the house, we've got to give more earnest heed. Now, when we talk about giving more earnest heed, it's not meaning I'm going to get a bigger notebook and take more notes. No. It's I'm going to really pay attention to what the Lord is saying to me. Not what pastor's preaching. But how is the Lord in this moment counseling me? What is he counseling me to do? Because we know the rest of that verse says that Hebrews 21, if you don't, you'll slip. So I've got to intentionally, 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 when I come into church and I sit down, I've got to say to myself, you might have to say it literally. Yeah. I am going to receive everything this man says today. I'm going to receive everything this woman's saying to me today. And I'm going to take it with how? With meekness, we read over in another verse, that I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to own it. And whatever it tells me to do, whatever the word tells me to do, I'm going to do it, whether I like it or not. All right? So how do I handle the word? How do I handle it? When the word comes, I've got to ask myself, am I actually receiving it or am I rejecting it? Because there's only two actions. You know, there's not a partial, well, I take that part. No, you either receive the word or you don't receive it. Let's go over to Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1 through 3. We read these every month. Look at this. It says, my son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live and my law, how? As the apple of your eye. Verse 3, bind them upon your fingers, write them upon the table of your heart. So when I hear this word, I've got to treasure it. I've got to take it. I've got to love it. I've got to know that when the man and woman of God speaks, whoever God puts up, that they are speaking my answer. You know, this is not an oratorical contest. Nobody gets behind the lecture trying to figure out how many oohs and ahs we can get. There's no, you know, savings bond at the end of this. This is about life. This is about your life. This is about your children's life and your children's children's life. This is about whether you get out of debt or not. It's about whether you get healed or not. It's about whether you finally lay hold of peace or not. This is not just an exercise of, of can we put on enough clothes to qualify to go to church. This is not an exercise in futility. This is our life. He told us to receive these words and we'll live. That word live, we know it from the Hebrew, is the word kaya. It means to live. It means to have life, remain alive, to live prosperously, to live forever, to be quickened, to be restored to life or health. That's what the word will do for us. But if the instruction comes and I reject it, what can I expect? The complete opposite of that. The complete opposite of that. Well, I'm doing some of it. No, it's not about some of it. It's about all of it. Because what, we watched a documentary yesterday, I guess it's a documentary, uh, when Cleveland was battling against the Golden State Warriors in 2016. And I didn't know that during that series, every time they went into the locker room, they would put together this puzzle that looked like the trophy. Now, they didn't call themselves victorious until all 16 pieces were put together in that puzzle. So you know they were down 3-1. So that left about four puzzle pieces that they needed to get. So when they finally got to the place where they were 3-3, there was one more puzzle piece that was needed. Now, would the puzzle have been completed? Would they have laid hold to victory if they never, ever got that last victory or if they never got that last puzzle piece. No. Well, here's what I'm trying to explain to you all is that if we don't use all the pieces, if we don't get all the pieces, the picture is never complete. So the best you can hope to get out there in the world is, is hopefully I work long enough so I can retire. So that when I retire, I'll be able to at least get a golf club membership. But it's okay that my left foot is about to fall off from gangrene. I'll be okay. I'll be be okay. I, I think I'll be okay. No, we're talking about when we receive God's word, when we receive his instruction, when we receive his correction, when we receive his commands, we're talking about putting together a total package. Put it together, a picture that's complete, and the picture looks like victory. Amen. Sweet victory with nothing missing, nothing broken, and nothing lacking. But it'll only happen if when the word comes, the instruction and the correction that come, we receive it. All right? Now, I should always, let's say that again say, I should always, I should always be listening. For my, for my action plan, there's something God requires of me. We we're learning, Pastor and I. You know, bless God, we we did poverty well. Well, we did it well. I mean, people didn't know. My mom still gets shocked every time you know one of us gives the testimony. You know, but we mastered. What you said? <laughs> Made the struggle look real good. But we mastered that level. We, know how to, we knew how to keep our countenance right. We knew how to pray. We knew how to praise. We knew how to dance our way through when we didn't you know, what, know what to do. We knew how to sow a seed. We knew how to keep the tithe going. We knew how to maintain those disciplines. So we maintained those disciplines. And we kept walking it out until we got to a place where, bless God, we're out of debt. We don't owe we don't owe anybody anything. Thank you, Jesus. And so when you hit that place where now you don't owe anybody anything, all you have are living expenses. Bless God. Hey glory. And and you, you find that we're able to accumulate. You know that it's not okay. There's okay. Do you know how hard that is? I'm going to warn you now, it's a new level of struggle, struggle in the soul, because now you've got to always be listening for God, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Because it's very easy to get over into doing whatever you want to do. It's very easy to say, oh yeah, I can get that because we have that, or I can do that because we, it's so easy. To start questioning, can I? No. Should I? No. And so you'll spend five days on something that should have taken you two hours. Why? Because you're always trying to make sure that you're not getting over into the flesh. Making sure, it's real. It's real. There's a battle of trying to keep yourself Prosperous, remember there's this balance we have to leave, but obedient. Remember we read in Proverbs every month that the person uh, who really is rich, they behave poor, they pretend to be poor. That's a balance that you've got to learn to strike. Or you'll look up and you'll be back to being poor. And then when you find yourself back to being poor, guess what you're going to go do? You're going to borrow So there's always this place where we're trying to, and we must maintain a consistent, no, ever-increasing appetite for the word. An ever-increasing appetite, always wanting to know God what, you know how Solomon got into trouble? He got to a place where he had so much that now the stuff had him and God didn't. But if I make sure that I am treasuring his commands, honoring his word, receiving correction, hey, you know you shouldn't have done that. Hey, you should have done that. Watch what God will do when you receive. You'll find yourself on a path where now God says, okay, come on up a little higher. Come on up a little higher, amen? So let's go to Proverbs uh, chapter two. And verse 1, if you'll take me over to it in the Passion Translation. And I'll tell you when I want to stop. Because there are a few key phrases that I want us to hear when we talk about receiving instruction or receiving correction. It says, my child, will you treasure wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. So it's not until we treasure wisdom will we ever lay hold on wisdom. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within will you succeed. So it will only success will only come when I start to value what God is saying to me. When I start to take his advice over everybody else's advice. Because what they're offering out there in the world, that's not real success. It is not real success. It's, it's as fake as fake can get. It's, it's a fool's goal all day long. You brush it up against something, and you're going to find out there's nothing to it. But what God is offering us through his word is an everlasting, eternal success that money cannot buy. All right? So here's verse 2. It says, so here's what you got to do. Train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide. We've got to train our hearts to listen. We've got to train do you see that? We've got to train our hearts to listen. Because your heart don't want to hear any of this. That's how we could go from praising like we were praising to sleeping like we're sleeping. That's how, no, for real. That's how it happens. Oh, I've got to tell you the truth. I've got to tell you the truth. We've not trained our hearts to listen. We've not trained our house hearts to really believe this is the most important advice I will ever, ever receive in my life. And every time the man and woman of God speaks, it's the most important instruction I will ever receive my entire life. Because I tell you what, if LeBron walked in here, nobody would go to sleep. 80 year old women would be standing up like, Lord, that's a tall man. What? I mean, we would be. But we've not trained our hearts. We've not trained our hearts to listen. Well, I hear you, Pastor Kim. I'm not talking about hearing me with your ear. I'm talking about are you allowing it to get into your heart? Are you allowing to, to get into your soul? Are you allowing the word to now, I mean, it should look like jet.com in here. Pooh, poop, poop. What has been said that I didn't take the correction on? What has been taught that I did not implement? What? I mean, really, we should be taking notes like, yep, 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 yep. Pastor said the vow. Here's what we've got to understand. Dad talked to us from uh, John chapter 1, verse 12 when he was here. And he says, to as many as receive him. And remember he said receive him or receive the word. To them he gave the power to become. Do you see that it does not say to as many as receive him, he will make them sons? No, he gave you the power. He gave you the power. It's up to us. See, this is training y'all now because I don't have not one joke, the whole, I don't have not one story. This is, I don't have, I don't have one story but can I train myself to a place where I'm always listening for how to execute or exercise that power? See, he releases the power. It's up to you to do something with it. We all have muscles. We all have muscles. We all have abs. We all have them. I sure want abs. Okay, you already have abs. but you've not exercised them. And so since you have not exercised them or trained them to hold all of your guts in, because <laughs> that's what the abs are, y'all know that's what the abs are there for, to hold all of that in. The liver, the, you know, it holds, it literally holds all that stuff in. Well, if I don't ever exercise it, then the hopes of, you know, like putting on one of those, you know, guys, no shirt, you shouldn't do it. And women, no bikini, you shouldn't do it. Why? Why? I'm not I'm telling about no body shaming. It's the truth. Because if you want to put that on or want to walk out with that kind of power, you need it to do some exercise. Lest nobody sees the success, ain't nobody growing with me but Barbara and Gigi. Thank y'all. Ain't nobody about no Instagram body shaming. Well, everything ain't for everybody. So we got to train our hearts. Everybody going home, Pastor Kim a mess. I'm just going to tell the truth. We've got to train our hearts to listen when wisdom speaks? Train your heart. Train your heart. How do you start training your heart? Listen to the word and don't do anything else. We've mastered listening to the work while we're cooking, and listen to the word while we're washing dishes, and word planning in the background while I'm doing other things. But can you sit there and listen to a message you've already heard? and not get antsy, reading a magazine and listening to the word. Training, training, folding clothes and listening to the word, washing the car and listening. No, train yourself to listen when he speaks. Look at this, and open your spirit wide to do what? Expand your discernment. That's why most people are stumbling everywhere, because they have no discernment. But the only way you're going to get discernment is if you train your heart to listen and you open your spirit wide. Then, after that, pass it on to your sons and daughters. Keep going for me. It says, yes. Look at this. Cry out for comprehension and intercede, what? For insight. For if you keep seeking, the next verse, like a man would seek for sterling silver searching in hidden places for for, uh, cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. Keep going for me. Wisdom, look at this, is a gift. And some of the word he speaks. Every word he speaks. Every word he speaks. Well, that word, that was kind of boring today. Every word he speaks is full of revelation. Look at this. And becomes a fountain of understanding within you. Verse 7. For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible. The wisdom is available, but you've got to access it. Right? Right? He becomes, look at this, your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Then you will discover, look at this, all that is just, proper, and fair, and be empowered as you walk, as you walk along that right path. But the only way we get to that right path is if I receive his instruction or if I receive his correction. Uh, Skip down for me to verse 11. Look at this. If you choose, do you see he can't make you? Pastor can't make you. Teens, your parents can't make you. They can't make you do anything. We try hard, but we can't make you do anything. Why? Because you have a soul. And you might fool us for ten minutes, the way we fooled our parents for ten minutes. But the truth is, if you've not received it, you're gonna do what you want to do. But if you choose to follow good counselor, counsel, divine design will watch over you, and understanding will protect you from what? Okay, so let's rewind this. If I receive instruction, receive correction, I'm on the path of life. And I will never stumble. I will never stumble. I will always have good success. You'll get to a place where you can't make a bad choice. Oh no, every now and then you're going to miss it. Nope. Nope. Exactly right. You don't make a move until you know. So that's the difference between manifestation, manifestation, no manifestation, 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 no manifestation, 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 manifestation mani- no matter no manifest. That's what the difference is. Is some have made a choice that whatever I hear, whatever correction comes, whatever correction comes, whoever the correction comes from, White, black, orange, green, young, old, male, female, wherever the correction comes, and it's godly, I'm going to do it. And the moment I make that my way of living, I can't help but make good choices. I can't help but prosper, whether I like money or not. You know, you have to tell me questions like how a a 100-year-old woman in Mississippi can leave a million dollars to the University of Mississippi and all she ever did was iron clothes. How how does she do that? And most of us can't get $1,000 together right now if I ask us to put $1,000 on the chair. It's choices. And why do we keep making bad choices? Because we keep rejecting correction. So when the man of God said, Hey, a fool spends it all. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get an accumulation bowl. Right. And you're never going to spend another dime, another quarter, another nickel, another penny. Every time you make change, drop it in the bowl. Right. Do you know how most people heard that? Don't spend change until you need it. And the moment you need change, go get all the change out the bowl and spend it. Then some heard it this way by the time they walked out. That change is small. You ain't going to miss it. You got a savings account already. You saving your savings account. So I don't have to pay that bowl no mind. So then, when it comes time for feast offerings, to bless somebody, to give you know, groceries, to uh, stamp out hunger. You know, we were supposed to leave groceries at the mailbox the other day. And, and I saw my neighborhood, it wasn't no groceries at the mailbox. And I'm like, oh, all these people are fake rich people. Fake rich people. Why? Because they need their box of cereal. See, that's what that's for. But if we rejected that correction on how we spend our money, on how we save, on what we do when we get something, then when it comes time to put something out, guess what? You have nothing. But I do, I got, I got something, no, that's the light bill money. No, I got something, no, that's your rent money. And so now what you do is you take that and you give it grudgingly. Well, you know a grudging offer doesn't move God. So then the next week you come in cause the man of God got on a new suit and you think your $50 did it. Now you mad. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. Enough people done told us off because I know how folks think. You get told off enough times, you know how people think. No. We know what to do. We don't spend it all. Now, we may sow it all, but we'll never spend it all. But it'll protect you from ever making bad choices. Let me give you the benefits real quick, because y'all look hungry. <laughs> I'm not hungry, but y'all look hungry. <laughs> of properly receiving the word. Here are the benefits of properly receiving the word. Well, I know what the benefits are, Pastor Kim. I'm going to have manifestation. Yeah, but there's more to it than that. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16 and 17 in the CEB. If you have that, it says every scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching and showing mistakes, for correcting and for training character, so that the person who belongs to God can be equipped to do everything that is good. So the Word of God comes forth, it's inspired by God. Every scripture is inspired. That scripture can't be, every scripture, and it is useful. No, but look at this. I want to point out these ones for showing mistakes. When you read Proverbs, I don't care how many months you've read it, every month you find somewhere. Every month. And a chapter doesn't pass where you don't find something that, God, my mistake. You told me something. Sweetness, sweet lips will work. Man, I keep going with that vinegar, Jesus. That's oh, my mistake. Right? And it's good for what? Correcting and for training character. Training character. There's training again. You right, G? Let's go to the complete Jewish Bible. All scripture is God breathed and is valuable for teaching the truth. Convicting of sin, correcting faults, and training in right living. Thus, anyone who believes, belongs to God may be fully equipped for every good work. So the benefit of properly receiving the word is completeness, soundness, and a high aptitude. Do you know this word will instruct you on how to be a good employee? Will teach you how to be a good student? Will teach you how to make straight A's. How you make straight A's in the in the Bible? It talks about diligence. It talks about laziness. It talks about, you know, working when nobody's looking. That's how that's how you're successful. If you it teaches you how to be a good wife. I oh, don't know, I just can't get all this, it teaches you. Don't be idle. While they go in bed, you get up and do some stuff. You can't be sleeping all the time. Your hands got to be working. How do I be a good husband? Love that, love that wife like God loved the church. Honor her, bring her gifts. Treat her like the weaker vessel, bring her gifts. Bring her gifts. <laughs> My God. My God, now that was utterance, that's utterance. Jesus, Jesus, that did, that just came out. receive that, men, receive that correction. No, for real, the Bible says that, honor her. Now listen, if you've only been given Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, her birthday, anniversary, that ain't them. That ain't honor. This word will teach you. See, that's a correction. Y'all got to talk about that. Y'all got to talk about that. Yeah. So you'll be furnished to every good work. You'll be fully furnished to every good work. Every good work. My goodness, okay. Hebrews 12, uh, verse 5. Thank you, Media, for working with me. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not, don't think lightly of the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. Now, rebuking is a verbal correction. Now, we like the written correction. That's so much easier to take. But some of us ain't read all of the letter. (laughs) So sometimes got to be a little rebuke. But don't despise it and don't grow faint. Don't buckle under it. Don't get weak under it. Don't let it discourage you. I'm going to show you how you should take it. Keep going. For whom the Lord loves... He chastens, he corrects, he disciplines, right? And scourges every son whom he receiveth. Verse 7, if you endure chastening, correction, discipline, as dad calls it, corrective education, look at how God deals with you. He deals with you as with sons. So a benefit of receiving correction is it changes how God deals with me. See, if God does not correct me, let's listen. But if ye, because I don't want to say the word, but I can read the word. But if ye be not, but if ye be without chastisement, if ye be without correction discipline, if nobody ever says anything to you, whereof all are partakers, then you, not them, then you are a bastard and not a son. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. The benefit of receiving correction is God deals with us like a son or a daughter. See, I don't beat... Okay, let me credit I don't beat my nieces and nephews. I don't beat them. I don't beat them. Not like I beat my son. Now they need to be beaten like that, but I don't have that license in their life. I don't have. I don't think I beat any of these kids in here. I don't think I beat any. Pastor has you no. Know, the ones you beat, they're not here anymore. They they could they they buckled under that. Oh, Chris still here. Chris Stafford. Pastor beat him. That's his son. My God, yes. Oh, I called your whole name. Kirkland will take it out. Kirkland to take it out. <laughs> but he dealt with him like a son. He dealt with him like a son. Because the easier way could have been, call your mama, come get you. I don't want to fool with you no more. Call the police, call, you know, people don't deal with people who they don't regard. Well, God, when he chastises us and corrects us and rebukes us, it's because we're his sons and daughters. I don't say anything to guests about anything. I don't don't correct guests. I don't correct visitors. What what do I look like? They're not my sons and daughters. They're not pastor's sons and daughters. They don't have to call me Pastor Kim. They can call me Kim, Kimber, Kimberly. Mrs. Anderson, that girl, preacher wife, I let them say first lady. <laughs> and if they're from the cogent church, they might say elect lady. But sons and daughters know how we, you a daughter? Don't tell me you a, don't make the mistake of calling me mom. Because I'm like Jesus. It just sounds like I can correct, right? But if I don't say nothing, something wrong. But if if I came every time and there was never a word that corrected me or challenged me, everybody been challenged when they come into the house of God? You know why? God's dealing with you as a son or a daughter. Every time we open this Bible, we're being challenged. All right. Go down to verse 10 for me. Look at this. If we receive this correction, for for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasures, talking about our natural fathers and how our natural fathers would get the butter from the duck, right? But God did it. They tenderize you. Now, they normally tenderize you a lot of the times because you were getting on their nerves and you weren't going to shame them. And you weren't going to go out of their house behaving that way. But God does it for our profit. He doesn't get any sick pleasure out of me. <laughs> but he does it for our prosper. Look, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Do you know that without holiness, no man will see him? Well, he wants us to see him. He wants us to be with him. So to bring those attributes out that he likes in his presence, he's got to correct us, all right? So it's profitable for us, all right? Uh, Go down to verse 11 for me. Now, listen now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. We know that all of this stuff ain't exciting to hear. We don't enjoy it. Nevertheless, afterwards, look what it does. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised by it, who are trained by it, who are corrected, who have things worked in and worked out of them. It produces something, evidence. The peaceable fruit of righteousness is evidence that you are on the right path, the evidence that you are living the right life, the evidence that you are a son or daughter of God. There's gotta be evidence, ladies and gentlemen. The the world is tired. As a matter of fact, I'm tired. Of all of this, Jesus talk with no evidence. I don't care what Nipsey Hussle did. And I know y'all saw the video. I don't care what he did. I don't do what he did. I don't mimic his behaviors. I don't need any alcohol, I don't need any marijuana, I don't cuss, I don't don't do any of that. Why, because I allowed the correction of the Lord to exercise me, to move things out of me, to correct me, so that now there's evidence that I'm really a Christian. Even when rough stuff happens, I stopped my toe. I'm not going to say a dirty word. It's not in me. It's not in me. Why? Because now there's fruit of righteousness. I don't freak out when a bill comes. Will y'all get bill? Be- yeah, they find they When you go there, free folks try to find stuff. IRS contacted contact us, what, last year? Found a bill from... Three years previous or two years previous, hey, y'all oldest. Freak out about that. Father God, we looked at our records and we think they're right. They're right. Okay. This is what you do, this is how you handle it. I didn't go to crying and carrying on and fretting and, and doing all sorts of, making all sorts of bad decisions. Go borrow no money to pay off no money. No. No, no, I allow this word to tell me what to do. Here's where it is, go do it. All right, so we'll produce evidence. The world wants evidence. God wants evidence, all right? Uh, the last one, go to uh, Psalm number 94, verses 12 through 13. Oh, look at this. Blesses the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teaches him out of your law that thou mayest give him, look at this, rest from the days of adversity until the pit be digged for the wicked. So, a benefit of receiving correction from the Lord is rest from the days of adversity. Ladies and gentlemen, days of adversity like we have never seen, like we have never seen. Are coming to this earth but if we allow God to correct us to discipline us to chasten us to keep us on the right path we won't know anything about it we won't know anything about recession depression it won't touch us only with our eyes will we see the reward of the wicked why because I allow this word we've got to allow this word to keep us in boundaries When the word comes and he says, save, save. Why? Because God knows what's coming. When a word comes and says, let's spin, spin, because God knows what's coming. Some of us have missed that next level. Why? Because you won't spin. No, for real. Because you won't spend, God's telling you to spend because He needs to train you for where you're going. But you keep holding back, and so now you're stuck. Well, why did it just seem like ain't nothing opening up? I've been here. because remember when He told you to spend? He knew He was. He told you to spend the six thousand because He knew He was getting ready to have you fig put out a hundred thousand. But if six thousand keeps tripping you up. I said, if 6,000 keeps tripping you up, you'll never be able to release 100,000, even if you have it. That's why people who have money still borrow, because their hearts haven't been trained. They can't release. They can borrow, but they can't release. That's where the whole no spend their money, no spend your money. Oh, you can't spend your money, because you've not been trained to release. You're a lover of money, you've been trained to hoard. So now God has no dealing with you and your finances. So that's why you always have to borrow. Because when he was trying to get you to be a spender. Okay. Well it blessed me. It helped me. One last place. Go to Proverbs chapter 1, verses 7 through 9 in the Passion Translation. And we're going to close right here. Mm -mm 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 -mm. We've got to allow the word to do what the word does. We've got to allow the blood to do what the blood does. We've got to allow the vow to do what the vow does. We've got to allow it because if we just keep coming to church and heaping up knowledge, we're going to find out that all we are is swollen, that when it comes time to make moves in the kingdom of God, we're not qualified. We're not qualified. We're not qualified because the exercise that we get on this level is training us. Not to stay on this level, but to go to the next level. All right? Proverbs chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. How then does a man gain the essence of wisdom? We cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Whatever he says to me, I'm going to do it. Whether I like it or not. Whether I understand it or not. Stubborn, we're not this. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this, for they scorn true wisdom and knowledge. So they're the ones who, who tell you, you don't have to do all of that. You know you don't have to go to church that much. You know you don't have to tithe. You know you don't have to sew like that. You know you don't, you don't, you know, you don't have to you don't have to do all of that Bible reading. You don't have to do all that praying like that. You don't have to, you don't have to do that. You you'll be just fine. No, you won't. No, you won't. You know why you won't be okay? Because you have an adversary. You have, not they have, not the preacher has. No, we all have an adversary who's waiting for us to leave that path of life. He's waiting for us to step over into darkness. He's waiting for us to get on that slip. He's waiting for us to let up and to stop receiving instruction and to stop embracing and treasuring wisdom. It says stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this for they scorn true wisdom and knowledge pay close attention my child pay close attention to your father's wise word remember he deals with us as sons when we do what he tells us to do right and never forget never forget your mother's instructions never forget oh it's okay if i do this this time i'll just do it no we are Developing disciplined and trained lives. Why? Verse 9 for me and we're done. You can stand up now. For their insight, for their insight will bring them success. No, it'll bring you success. Anybody in here want to be successful? Yes. Adorning you with, look at this grace-filled thoughts, and giving you reins to guide your decisions. You'll have success. That's the final benefit of heeding the word of God. It'll bring you success. God will deal with you as sons. You'll be blessed. You'll know how to walk it out in holiness. Hallelujah, you'll have a solid aptitude for whatever God, whatever God calls you to do. Whatever, God could change your career tomorrow. And because you are led by him, you'd have, man, you'd outperform everybody. I said you'd outperform everybody. Why? Because you're allowing him to be your source of correction and instruction and training. But we've got to, I mean, I implore you. It's almost as if the bowl in heaven has been tipped over like the treasure box that we read about in Deuteronomy, his good treasure, it, it's almost like it's been tipped over. That's what I feel in my spirit. And it's ready. It's ready. And I know Pastor's desire, and my desire is that we all, we all feel it when it comes. We all experience it. You know what I'm saying? When there's no dip, diff- I'm telling you, I pray for this on Tuesdays that there be no difference between married couples and single families. No difference. I don't want not one single mama feeling no kind of way financially. I'm talking financially because there ain't no second income in her house. God's ready to do that. He is ready, I mean, for all of us to be walking in complete and total health where well, we're free from all pain, all sickness, all inflammation, all disease, all man aches. He, but he's like, I've given correction. He's ready for it. He's ready for all of us to be living at the top. No sign of struggle. No fear of evil. No, no thought of adversity coming. Why? Because whatever he tells us to do, you know, he he, he hides us under his wings. He hides us. And we shouldn't experience anything. Well, Pastor Kim, no, 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 no. We shouldn't experience anything that the world experiences. Not when you have a father like God. And so he's imploring us to change our posture when we come into the house of God. How you hear. Change how you hear. When you come in, man, don't come to just take notes so it looks like you're spiritual. He might ask you to put the notebook down and just write in the margin of your Bible, do this. Do that. You might walk out with three things. Okay, I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I need to fix this, and I need to stop this. Me and my children. Because our kids know we get an instruction, you got it too. Okay? Amen. Father God, we love you. We love you. And we know that you're not a man that you should lie. When you declared this to be the year of abundant manifestation, it is so. Hallelujah. When you said that this would be the year of visitation, it is so. When you said that 2010 and 20 would be a year of abundant manifestation, it is so. And God, we don't want to miss out on any of it. So God, we are adjusting ourselves. We're training our hearts to receive your word. We're training ourselves, Father God, to be hearers and doers of your word, Father. We don't want to be left behind. We don't want to be left out. No, God, we want to receive everything that you have for us. God, we, we, we welcome correction. We welcome your voice. We welcome the man and woman of God. We welcome our brother and sister, oh God. Hallelujah. We receive it, Lord. We receive it, Father God, because we know that your plans for us are only good. When your word comes, it's only good. When your correction comes, it's only good. You get no pleasure out of hurting. You get no pleasure out of it. it's not even your character. So God, when you speak to us, we, your people, will hear. God, we are done listening to the stupid know-it-alls who mock your word, who scorn at your commands. No, God, our eyes are fixed on Jesus, the word. He's the author and finisher of our faith. So, God, every word that you speak will treasure it, will honor it, We'll hold on to it, we'll keep it, Father God. We thank you, God, for your presence on today. We thank you for the word. We thank you, Father God, for turning us and putting us on the right path. The path of life, oh God, where everything flourishes, everything is prospering, everything is good. We receive heaven's best today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah, shout, I receive. I receive. Hallelujah.
1: Come on, keep giving God a hand of praise today in this place.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Come on, give God a praise today in this Hallelujah. place for the word. For the woman of God. Come on, give her a hand. Thank God for the word that's come through her. Through her lips, oh God. Hallelujah. Jesus. Praise the Lord. You know, anytime you begin to feel like you're not hearing the voice of God, you feel like, God, where, where are you? I'm not... I'm not catching anything. I'm not, I don't even feel your presence. Always trace back to the last time you did hear something and you didn't follow through on it. You understand? That's how Father God works. If you're not going to obey him, if you're not going to do what he says, he's not going to keep talking. He's not going to keep talking. He's going to wait till you go back into the last thing because He's, he has to give you one instruction at a time. He's not going to nag you. He's going to, okay, do this, or sh- he's going to show you something in the word. And if you don't do it, then he says, okay, I'll wait. Ask me how I know. <laughs> because there are times when oh, I felt like, man, I'm, God, I'm just not hearing you. Like, I'm praying. I got my prayer time. I got my word time. just like, But I just don't sense okay, that's right. You told me to do this and I didn't do that. So when I go back and correct and now do that, here comes the instructions again. God's correction is for our good, is for our profit. Because God loves us. God has a plan for our lives. I mean, a beautiful plan for our lives. You understand that? And so those instructions get us to His plan. Uh, I learned to... All of us like to have GPS, navigation in our cars or on your cell phones or whatever. It's to get you where you want to be. Well, God has some place he wants to get us, and uh, his instructions are what's going to get us there. Amen? And God is very patient and, uh, and loving, but he'll get us there. Praise God. So we receive that. We receive that with thanksgiving. The Bible says receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. It'll save us. And that's what the Word of God does. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody here born again? Everybody here born again today? Anybody here, you're not saved. You're not part of the family of God. I'm not asking anybody to to join our church. What I'm asking is, if you're not part of the family of God, if you're not yet born again, because that's the... the